Hello, um, welcome back to another episode of Spruecast. And um, yes, you're not seeing things. There are four presenters on the screen. Um, we have a new member to our team. He came on as a guest presenter for the last two weeks. And I'm really stoked to welcome Gilbert Mondragon as a member um, of our, our small podcast that we, we've got going. And it's really nice to have you on board, Gil. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Brilliant. Uh, we've also got Gordon back from his uh, yep. holiday. Say hello, yeah. Gordon. Good evening, everybody. Yeah, he's um, back uh, fully refreshed. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to thank Gil for joining for us at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as always, our friend in uh, Portland, I believe, Joshua comes from, or just outside of Portland. No, I'm about two hours south of Portland, but yeah, I'm in, I'm in the state of Oregon. Oregon. I always get that wrong. Uh, it's because on my watch, I've got, uh, so on my watch, I've got the time zones selected for each of the members. Obviously, me and Gordon is in the same place, so, but um, I've got you down as Portland. Well, um, it's the it's the biggest airport. That's why it's that's yeah. why all that stuff's done. Yeah. And you're um, are you Chicago? Uh, I'm, right, I'm right outside of Chicago. I'm, I'm born and raised there, but I'm about maybe uh, thirty six miles outside of the the city. Yeah, it's strange because I'm I'm starting to pick up accents now um, from America, and the two that I can recognise the most, um, I'm probably going to make myself look an idiot now, but I'm going to say a New York and Chicago. <laughs> yeah, are they the same place? No, New York is uh, well, New York is the East Coast. We're in the Midwest. We're right by. All oh, right, okay. So yeah. I didn't. I wasn't that. Didn't look that much of an idiot then. But, um, yeah, so they're the two that I pick up the most. And, uh, yeah, I can recognise the Chicago one and the New York one as well. Um, so, you know, I'm getting there. So, anyway, we're going to plough on because um, we had a guest lined up for tonight. Uh, there's been a slight change of plan because he's very busy. Um, we're going to have him on next weekend now. Um, so we're going to plunge straight in with what we've been doing this week. Um, Gordon, have, have you got anything this week that you've been up to? Uh, I've been doing some more on my lunar approach. Oh, yes, that looks amazing. That is nice, yeah. All right. Have you seen the chrome he's done on the... <coughs> there it is. Look at that. So we're looking at the he's, – he's showing us the lunar module. Um, I will point out that I promised people that I was going to sort out the video for the podcast. Um, I still haven't done it. Um, what I'm looking, thinking of doing now is um, releasing the – maybe releasing the videos until I can sort something out. Um, it's all a matter of software. Uh, yeah. The software I've got at the moment is not allowing me to add because I'm using Audacity. Uh, 
and there doesn't appear to be uh, uh, a thing for adding video or photos alongside the audio. Um, I have been looking into it. Um, I promise it is coming. It is coming very soon. Um, it isn't there yet, but, um, yeah, it, it will be there soon. So my apologies yeah, well, for that. This is it. It's, it is, this has been a bit of a long-term project, and I have actually put some photographs up of it in the um, Spruecast yeah. Facebook page. Yeah, so you can go there, you can see what we've been looking at. Yeah, so I've been, uh, I've put some pictures up of that. I've been finishing my Thunderbolt uh, 7 Sherman off. I've based that, and at the minute, I'm in the middle of doing a, a Battle of Britain tribute. Oh, um, yeah. I've got the uh, Britannia 109. That's almost finished. I'm in the process of building up the new Airfix Spitfire Mark One, and to go alongside that, I'm building a Hurricane Mark One and a Heinkel Triple One. So that's my little bit of a Back of Britain tribute. <sighs> I've yeah. been teaching lately, and. I did a, a live show hangout with uh, a few of my biking buddies Thursday night, I think it was. And yeah. uh, one of them happens to own a rather large cruiser motorcycle. So I've managed to get the nearest model to it. And I'm going to convert it into his bike. <laughs> which is so going to be a bit of a Yamaha 600 was that? It's the XV 1600 Roadstar. Ah, right. That's a cool bike. So, yeah. uh, I've got the I've got the tins together. Yeah. So, uh, I'm letting them go off. Then prime and prep and gloss black and then I should start on the rest of the bike. Yeah. And uh, that's basically what I've been tinkering about with recently excellent um just while you were doing that i've had a thought here before we move on to um what josh has been doing um one thing we could do because we were always on about putting some video footage out of the podcast but we didn't want to put it out on like a general release did we so that everybody could look we just wanted to the people that were interested um, to come on so i'm thinking if we put it as unlisted a link in spruecast only spruecast so that only people that are members of spruecast will be able to follow the link and watch the video um maybe that's an idea temporarily until we can figure out the footage um getting it all lined up yeah yeah, you're right. There's this. There's a lot of. If you do it unlisted, you're not going to grow the page. The, the the page. You you want to bring more people in to view it, to listen to it. Uh, yeah. What 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 would be a smart idea is once you release the audio first. You know, give it a few days, maybe a week, and then release the video. Ah. 
That way they yeah. listen to the podcast, and if they want to go back and watch what's on the desks that you guys were, were all talking about, then they can see it. But release the audio first and then the video later. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that seems like a, a good uh, compromise there. So uh, anyway, if, if any listeners have got uh, opinions on it, uh, leave your messages uh, and we'll, uh, we'll take them all on board and we'll make a decision. So, Josh, what have you been up to? Well, I've been – it's been raining here quite a bit, so I've been doing quite a bit of stuff. Um, I put the clear coat on the porous body. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's turning out really, really cool. Um, it's nice. And then I, I've been kind of getting some of the figures out and, and getting the army painter – just seeing how I like it, how it's compared to some of the other stuff. I mean, some of these figures are, I, I, I've, I've probably got about six here on the table right now that are just turning out cool. You've got some bloody brilliant figures there. I've got to say. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're cool. And then uh, I finished up these guys, these Space Marines with the jetpacks. I put the bases and stuff on them. I don't know if I'll do any texture stuff on the base, but <coughs> now done. Um, yeah, but other than that, I've just been kind of playing around with the, the Army Painter stuff, getting used to using it. Because what did you – you bought a load of Army Painter stuff recently, didn't you? I bought the starter kit and then yeah. I went and got some of the, the washes and I really, really like the washes. I would yeah. use those more than I would the Citadel stuff. Oh, right. That's interesting. Cause you've got a dark tone, a soft tone, a mild Brown tone, a red tone, a green tone, a blue tone, and what's the other one? Flesh wash. And then I think the only one I don't have is like the purple, I think. The purple's nice. I I really, really get into where I like these. Um Yeah, they're they're turning out really, really cool. But other than that, I you know, I've just been just Trying to keep busy. Sounds like uh, my work's going to be shutting down, so I'll be doing a lot more of this stuff. So, wow, your work's shutting down. It's, um, it's going, kept going through all this, haven't you? Well, right now it just looks like we're going to be maybe going to four days a week, maybe a half day on Friday if we're busy enough. But yeah, it's you know. Yeah, Rolls Royce over here are in trouble, um, and they employ thousands. Um, but yeah, Rolls Royce they're they're on about laying people off. Not a good time to. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. So uh, is that it, Josh? You, you, any more or? That's what I've been working on. Thank you very much. Uh, quite a lot, actually, there. I'll, I'll look at all you guys and everything you've been doing, then I'll look at what I've done, uh, both of them. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, Gil, what have you been doing? I have been working on another dragon. 
uh, some Reaper miniatures. It's called Mal Drakar, M-A-A-L. Oops. It's a five-headed Hydra dragon. You see right here, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I was telling the guys I'm not a fan of multicolored dragons. I usually try to go with the muted, you know, reptilian kind of look. But I'm having fun with this guy. I mean, he's red, green, blue, violet, yellow. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun with it. And yeah, that's, just, that's basically what I've been doing. You, you, you say that you don't do a lot. You, you're not fond of uh, dragons yet. Or you always seem to be painting a dragon of some well, sort. Well, it's not the dragons. I love doing dragons. I mean, you know, it's well, that's my last name, you know. So yeah, I enjoy doing dragons. I don't like doing multiple dragons. I'm not a fan of, you know, all the, the rainbow color ones, you know? Yeah. I, I like my dragons, you know, looking like the uh, uh, darker, you know, yeah. menacing. Yeah. But this guy, this guy, I mean, I wasn't, when I started laying the, the colors down, I wasn't particularly fond of it. I was getting ready to, to strip it. But the more I started painting on it, the more I thought, well, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of liking this. So, I mean, you can see it. I know the, the viewers can't see it, but um, there well, they will be able to at some point. We'll we'll probably knock this video out, and they will see this. So I've got the primary color. Now I'm going to go in with inks. You know, all this. Yeah. But these are the primary colors that he's in. Whoop! And I started to lay down the red. That's going to come all the way down with yellows and greens into it. Um, there's his belly. His belly's all green. Um, and I went with the green belly because I want it to be like a glow coming off of this, off of the base. Oh, yes, I remember now. I watched a video last night where you were just putting that glow down and you held the figure up and you said, that's the glow I was looking for. Yeah, I, that's because, see, I, see when, when he's in yeah. the, the way I'm going to do this, I can get him back in. He's heavy, so I can get him back in here. Um, once I have to, once everything opens up and I'm able to get to the, the, the like Hobby Lobby or Michaels, one of our stores here, I want to get a big wooden base and he's going to sit on it. This is going to be something like this here. There's going to be a big wooden base, and then I'm going to have water in here. The water effects. All right, yeah, yeah. I have a couple of boxes of those um, Games Workshop uh, uh, skulls. I'm a pile a bunch of skulls up in here and bones and stuff in the water and stuff. But right yeah. here, I'm gonna put a, a a post with a chain and cuffs to look like you know that you 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 sacrificing somebody to them right here, you know? Yeah, that's gonna, like yeah, that's gonna be the the diorama. But I, you know. His wings aren't even on. Once his wings are on, this guy's huge. I mean, the wings come out to about yeah. him, you know. Yeah, right yeah. Here, so, let's face it. We, I think wings are your trademark, really. When it oh, comes yeah. to you, really do know how to. Uh, you know, the, the wings are really something special. Um, anyone that's in any doubt, just pop along to uh, Styrene Syndicate and look through the videos. Um, Gil's done loads of uh, uh, figures that have got wings, and and you're right. You do tend to you do go for that dark, um, rather than a fantasy dragon. Whereas yeah. 
you go for the more sinister. Yeah. Um, the more, uh, more, uh, the more Lord Rings. of the Rings, less um, Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, I go for more of a of a reptilian look. You know, um, that's that's where, and and it doesn't. It, I'll start out trying to do something like this, say, yeah, and then I end up. By the time I'm done with it, it just takes me where I'm going, and it ends up, you know, because that's in my head. That's what a dragon should look like, you know. Um, yeah. But this one here is, you know, I, I wanted to do it a, a, a fantasy type of thing, so I, I'm trying multicolors on it, and you know what? I'm, I'm I still need to blend. You know, like here where the red, the green's got to blend into the red, the yellow's got to blend into the red, you know, the blue. So that, that there's there's gonna there's a lot of work left to be done on this guy, but I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. Excellent, brilliant. Um, so that uh, was was that it? That's all I have. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> so that brings me. Uh, that's me then. So um, this week I have. I've I've not been doing a great deal. Um, a lot of the a lot of the work I've been doing is is sort of uh, fine detail work. Um, so I've been working on the one seventy second Revel Snowberry, um, and I will just grab it so that I can just show in in case this video does go out. I'll just grab this quickly so I can show people and. Um, I've had a few nights where I've not been sleeping very well, and I've I've gone on and uh, the other night I was in uh, your hangout, Gil, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was working on this. So um, this is the one seventy second Snowberry. Um, let me just move that because I don't know how much is covered by this uh, silly border that's on the screen. And I had to build this um, gun mm -hmm. turret. And it's photo etch. And that turret and this round section here with the fencing took me 12 hours. Oh. Um, I did not enjoy it. I, I'm not an expert at photo etch by any means, but um, I, I was really proud with it when it was done um, because it's the first time I've put something together that's photo etch that I haven't completely buggered up. Mm. Um then I had to do this uh, center. I, I don't even know what this area is called, um, but I managed to wire in a yellow LED to sort of reflect, um, to make it look a bit more like candlelight or a very low wattage bulb or something. Um, and all the electrical cabinets along there uh, were all built up. So, that was that. that. That took up quite a bit of time, especially when it came to wiring in different LEDs and, and getting them all working. Um, so that was the Snowberry. And then while I was doing the Snowberry, a package drops through my door, um, and it was a gift from Gordon. Um oh. And Gordon sent me Italeri's one seventy second scale F thirty five B Lightning two. Nice. Um, it's a lovely kit. 
and I've started doing it. Now, the only reason I haven't built it um, more in the Hangouts, I haven't been building this in the Hangouts, is because I'm trying to create a new type of um, uh, video build. Now, it's not new. It's something that um, Plasmo uses. Uh, I've seen Plasmo's videos, and they're great. And to be honest, that's where I got the idea from. Um, so yes, I've you know I'm copying somebody. I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. He's he's a lot better than I am, and uh, I take inspiration from his videos. Um, so I'm trying to do that video approach. Unfortunately, I need the camera in order to do it, and I can't do a hangout at the same time um, as I record video. So that that was that. So yeah, Gordon sent me this through the post, and not only that, but I opened the I opened the F thirty five B, and Gordon must have known for years. And I'm 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 not exaggerating when I say years. I've been trying to get hold of a certain solution, and I've had no luck whatsoever. The only place you can buy this is in America. Um, you can get it in this country through various means, but you pay a lot extra. Um, and, it, you know, it, it's not always guaranteed you're going to get it. And that is, um, it's called Walford's Solver Set. Good stuff. And it's weird because um, I went to Telford about three years ago four years ago, maybe. And um, Telford, everyone will know in the modelling world, is probably the biggest modelling show in Europe. And I went purposely with the intent of buying a bottle of this. And it's a big, big show. Um, and I went round all the stalls uh, all day long and nobody had this. Nobody in fact, nobody knew what it was. That's how crazy it was. People were saying, no, I never heard of it. We were coming out, and I went to uh, one more store we passed that I didn't recognise, and he'd got all these decal setting solutions up. And I said to him, um, I'm after some solver set. And he said, yeah, how many bottles do you want? And it was like, I couldn't believe it. You know, wow. Um, I said, and I had a quick debate with Andrew, and she said, you better get two. So I said, yeah, I'll take two. Anyway, he came back with um, Microsoft, and I had to educate the guy that Microsoft was not solver set, and this is a guy that deals in decal setting solutions, and he didn't know what solver set was. Um, I don't know why it's so unheard of, um, in, in certain realms, but the stuff is brilliant. Yeah. Gordon sent me a bottle, so he's like right at the top of my Christmas card list at the moment. <laughs> just, um, yeah, so grateful for that. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is that brush, so I use a, 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 an old brush. But yeah, other than that, that stuff is brilliant. Yeah. i tell you, what, you know what I've done with my mark? What? I've got an old Tamiya Tech bottle. Oh, right, yeah. Taken the label off, got a pipette, a 
a decanted it into a Tamiya tech bottle. Yeah, all right. Because that bottle's a bit too uh, bulky to get knocked over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did look at it a couple of times and thought, you're staying right over there. I'm not knocking you over. Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's what I've done. I've got a Tammy Tech bottle, an old one, cleaned it out, let it dry out, and I've decanted some into that. So it's it's not going to knock over, and you've got a more precise control about how much you're getting out as well. Yeah, because that's quite a big brush on the end of that, isn't there? It's one of yeah, those yeah. on ones that's yeah. going to hold a lot. The bristles are pretty rough on it too, you know. Yeah. Um, which is an excellent segue into um, what we were going to talk about today, which is brushes. There you go. Um, we 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 touched upon it last week, and um, I, I found out a couple of facts I didn't know about. Um, and uh, Gordon, uh, sorry, not Gordon, but Gilbert um, mentioned about the fact that you shouldn't put um sable brushes uh or use them for lacquers um and i think i've been doing that uh so i sat there and this so this all came about from from my um so i'm thinking i don't know nothing about these brushes i buy all these brushes i look at them i know when i buy them it says red sable or um this and that and i, I don't really know what i'm looking at um i just look at the look at the packet read this you know red sable hair or whatever nod as though i know what i'm talking about and uh give the give the uh you know requisite hmm yeah yeah that'll be good <laughs> uh so yeah i think when uh, you know we're gonna have a look at them and uh hopefully try and decipher the mystery of uh brushes so, um, I guess my first question would be, how do you tell the difference between a natural brush and um, an artificial one? Well, the, the, they should be labeled, number one. Um, right. Anything that's sable. Um, you have sable, you have... We call it meow meow, which is sometimes they use a a real coarse, it, it, and this is mostly like in places like in China and stuff in the in the Orient. There, they'll use a cathode. Um But uh, uh, then you have um, tacalon synthetics, different types of synthetics. Um, this here, one that I'm going to show you, that's a synthetic brush. This is a, a a Grumbacher, and it's a it's called a Golden Edge, and this yeah. this is a, a synthetic brush. Then you have something like and you know and this brush here, it can uh, this is one of your higher end synthetic brushes, so this brush here can run you about six seven dollars for one. You can get them cheaper, you know, if you look, but for this big one, this number six, you're looking at about six bucks. You can get cheaper ones, of course. Then you have your sables, which is like here, your Series 7, your Windsor New. Yeah. This brush I'm holding in my hand, that's a $14 brush, just a brush. Then you have, um, where is it at? You have something like this, which is a, um, a Raphael 8404. That's another $14 brush. 
Do you need something like that? No. This one here, and that's a sable. I'm sorry, those are sable. Those are natural hair uh, brushes. Uh, Kalinsky sable. Some of your best sable is your Kalinsky sable. This is a broken toad, Mark II. That's a sable brush. Natural hair. So when it says sable, not all sable is created equal. If it says Kalinsky sable, that's probably some of the best sable you can get. Um, and, they're, and, and they're wonderful to work with. Do you need one to do something like this here? No, you don't. So is there any difference? So you, you know, you get a sable brush and you get, say you buy an expensive one. Um, or you've got one for because let's face it, when you go into an, a craft store, the brush section is immense, huh? and they've all got the same sort of labels on, haven't they? They all say this will do watercolor oils and um, and so on. So, speaking as somebody uh, that I've been there, and I know that the many other listeners will have done the same thing. You're overwhelmed with choice and does price does does it always equal better better quality uh, yes yes silly question um i guess what i'm saying is if you buy an expensive brush you're not necessarily guaranteed that you're suddenly going to be able to paint that's no, the thing no, no. And i think what some people do is they go in and buy the expensive brush thinking, and I know this because I've done it, and I can't be the only one. I've bought an expensive brush thinking that suddenly it would improve my uh, the brush strokes I leave on the on the finish. You know, I'll, I'll be somehow better at what I'm doing. It sounds silly, I know. But I know I've made that decision when I've bought a brush. I've bought a more expensive one, thinking that in some way it's going to help me. It, it here, I'll give you. It 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 it'll lay down if you've got a good um, sable brush, and you know what how to use it. And see, that's the thing. You got to know how to use it. You know, um, it's not going to make you a better painter. It'll make the paint lay down better. Right. Um, you still have to learn how to use it. Now, yeah. you can do the same work with a good uh, a synthetic, a good soft synthetic brush that'll cost you a fraction of what, say, what I just showed you. You won't pay $14 for it. Um, I'll give you right here in my hand. I have two... Uh, Natural hair brushes. I don't know what Citadel uses. Um, it's not. It's not marked on the brush. They say it's sable. Um, I doubt it. And this one, I got this one for two dollars at at my craft store. It's a. Yeah. It's an off brand called Vienna. It's a filbert, and and written on the side here it says lengua de gato, which is cat's tongue. Of course, that's not cat's tongue, but that you know it feels like sable. Um, so. It, could it be the cheaper end of a sable, or could it be the damn cat hair? Because they do make brushes out of cat hair, so it could be, it could be cat hair. But this brush that I have in my hand right here, it has gone through. I've had it for six years, and if I, you know, by taking care of it, it's still beautiful. This one, 
which which was a gift from the, the guy at the at Games Workshop at the, at my local store. He gave me three of them. This one here has already fallen apart, and this is a more expensive brush. Yeah. So I, I know people swear by these, you know, that, that in the gaming community, you don't need them. You really don't. Need them. You can get yeah. yourself it's something like this. It's a soft, you know, sable brush or natural hair brush. Or the same thing with a, with say a, a good synthetic. It it all depends on, on on your brush stroke, man. You know, I mean, yes, natural hair will lay down uh, paint a lot smoother, a lot better. But you can do the same thing with with a little practice with a synthetic brush. Yeah, same I, thing. I, sorry, Karen. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, my uh, an example of that would be James Waffle. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, who only uses cheap uh, brushes, as far as I'm aware, or a majority of his brushes are cheap. But he doesn't pay for expensive brushes, and look at his work. Well, I mean, and you got to remember the the man. He does it for a living, so he wakes up painting. And he's up till all hours of the de the night painting. So he does it for a living. So a, a an expensive synthetic brush is not going to last him as long as as say a, a, a synthetic brush. Now he's a trained artist, so he you know he, that's that's what he went to school for. So does he have expensive brushes? I'm sure he does. I've seen a couple of Windsor and Newtons in his hands. Does he? Yeah. Have but the vast majority of what he uses. Is a a pack that he buys at we got a store here called Hobby Lobby. Five ninety nine, you get five brushes in there, and that's what the, and ninety nine percent of the time you see that man painting, he's using a brush that cost him about a dollar. And look at the work he puts out. It's it's all how you lay the paint down, how fast yeah. you're moving it, how you're doing your paint strokes. You don't need an expensive brush. You really don't. They're nice to have. I mean, I, like I said, I've got them here. I got the set of the Windsor Newtons, the set of the Raphaels. Do I use them a lot? No, no not anymore. Um, that was something I used to use a lot before. Um, if I'm doing some very, very fine detail work, I might pull one out. It's the same thing. I do the same thing with my airbrushes. Do I use my expensive airbrushes? Nah, not anymore. I'm, I'm beyond that. I don't need all that nonsense. I just use what's in my hand. When, when you've when you finish uh, sort of working with your brushes, what's the best way to look after them? Now, this is where I think I've been going wrong, because what I tend to do um, let's let's take this. Um, so this brush is probably the my most expensive one. I bought this after we came into a little bit of money. Um, and it was £17. Um, I would never dream of paying that for a brush, but at the time, you know what it's like when you've got a bit of money in your yeah. pocket. Um, and I, I thought, yes, it would be a nice treat. So anyway, it's a Games Workshop Citadel. It's their Artificial Layer oh, yeah. brush. I got the medium and the, uh, the, medium and the small one. <laughs> now... Um, when I first got them, I was adamant they would only ever be used for figures um, and Citadel paints. Over the time 
they've started to drift and I've used them with Tamiya paints. I've used them with Vallejo paints. Um, not with, uh, always on figures. I have stuck to that rule. But when it comes to cleaning them, I've generally used them uh, in a sort of water with some a small amount of washing up liquid in uh, if they are acrylics. But if they've been, um, if they're the lacquers or Tamiya or anything, I've got a little jar of cellulose thinner and I've dipped them in that. And what I tend to do is dip them in there and push it up against the edge so that I can see through the glass. Uh -huh. I can see all the bits of paint coming away. And once I've got rid of all that, I then bring them out, um, give them a clean uh, with, with the tissue, and then dip them in some water. And in a, I've got the master's soap in the dish. I can't remember the exact name of it. Uh -huh. Um, and try and form a point. I used to use hairspray, um, but then somebody said that, you know, you should get this master's soap, um, and I used that. Uh, to be honest, I don't get as good results with that that I used to get with the hairspray. But um, So I'm a bit of a mishmash of everything. Well, you but you're using that, that brush there for lacquers. Yeah, I have done in the past, yeah. Now, and this is, I went to art school also, but I didn't finish. I got thrown out for messing with a girl in the bathroom. <laughs> um, but, and, and, and I lied about my age to get in. But anyway, the general rule, if you're using a brush for acrylics, you should never use the same brush for, for, for oils or lacquers. Right. Um, you can. Uh, but you're gonna in the in the long term. The reason they tell you that is in the long term you're gonna ruin that brush with all the cellulose right. thinners, the the spirits, all that stuff because it's natural hair. So if you you if you're dipping it to clean it in cellulose, you're stripping whatever oils are in that hair and you're drying it out. So if you don't use a good conditioner afterwards in that, as far as cleaning it, you're gonna ruin that brush. So the Masters is a good one. You know, you could use Masters to clean. You know, what I do to clean my brushes is the same thing I use to clear out my airbrush. I'll have a little cup like this here sitting there, and I'll put some of that in there. And then I take my brush, get in there, get most of it out, rinse it in the water, and then wash it with the, the soap. And then rinse it off. That's how I do my, my natural hair brushes. I do the same thing with the with the synthetics, but I don't I don't go I don't use the masters with the synthetics. I just use, you know, isopropyl alcohol or my cleaner, one of the two. Yeah. If you want to get that point back on there, there's a couple of ways you can do it to store them. Once you've washed them, I'm talking about sable natural hair brushes. You can get some of this. This is a, a Windsor Newton brush cleaner and restorer. Once you've done it, once you've cleaned them, you dip it in there a little bit, get, get them wet, pull it out, shape it, and hang it the hair side down. You don't want that to get back inside the ferrule. You want it like this here. And let how, do you, how do you hang them? Because I, I, none of my brushes are hang. They're all upside down. I got a little clip. I'll do this. It'll be hanging. 
off of my 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 uh camera or my light. Oh right. You know, a couple of clips like this here, and I just clip this to the to the whatever it's holding and whatever, yeah. and then there's a little piece like this. Or you can take this, and if you want to, this is this is something that I, I used to do. You see the bottle? You see the yeah. Clip? You just let it sit in that bottle overnight, like this here, with the clip. This and, then, and then once it's dry, you. No, no. If if you've got a, a a brush that's just so caked up, all that stuff has gotten in that ferrule. You could take a little bit of this in a little cup or whatever, hang it upside down, let it sit in there overnight. It'll clean it. It won't hurt it. Pull it out, dry it off with your hand. A little water. <clears throat> if it's a flat brush, you shape it. But this stuff is great. This is a brush restorer and cleaner. This stuff will work really good in conjunction with your master's, you know, soap. So you'd use that as well as. Now, I've heard you say about, um, some people may laugh, but I've heard, I've heard you say this, and I, uh, about using, treating your brushes like they, because they're real hair. Well, sure. You, you know, I know people. Conditioner. Yeah. They'll use shampoo, a little bit of shampoo in their hand. They'll do this, clean it, rinse it off. Yeah. Then they'll take a, a conditioner, put a little bit on their fingertips, and just rub it into the hair. And then let that sit. Let it sit. Just let it dry. Let it sit. When you're getting ready to use it, just go like this with a little water. Boom, boom, boom. And then you're good to go. You got, it's natural hair, so you want to condition them. You want to keep them soft. If they're, yeah. if they're natural brushes, you know, a sable hair or a cat hair or whatever they're using, it's a natural hair, so you want to treat it that way. You don't have to do that with a sable or a synthetic brush. These are synthet This synthetic brush, I've had it for Four years, it's it's now starting to get a little ratty because I beat the snot out of it. Yeah. Same thing with this one. Um, it it's it doesn't have its point anymore, but that's okay because it's used as a filbert, you know, to, to, for blending like this here. I use it to blend. Yeah. Um, these soap and water. That's all I use. And if the, if there's something in there that's really hard to get, a little isopropyl alcohol. This is a, a synthetic, a little isopropyl alcohol. I'll get everything out. I'll I'll wash it, the alcohol out, and I just do this with my finger, just to shape it, and then I let it sit. See, I've got these. Um, so I bought these. Uh, these are some of the best brushes I've ever bought. Um, and this is a Dale Rowney graduate brush. It's a flat shader, but it's happened with most of the ones I've got. And the end has gone kind of, um, yeah. If that makes yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that recoverable or is that? Yes and no. I mean, that, that, you, you see how it's starting to curl up? Yeah. Yeah. You probably, you probably dipped that in, in cellulose, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It has been in cellulose. Yeah. Now, what you can do with that is, is if you got a little sh uh, conditioner after you clean it, don't use thinners. If that, that's a natural hair one. Don't use anything with thinners. Clean it out real good with, the, with your master soap. Once you get most of the master soap off, get a little bit of conditioner in your hand, in your fingertips, and just rub yeah. it and then shape it. Yeah. Let it sit. There's also some stuff, and forgive me, I lost the, the it's been years, but I lost the, the, the label for it. This is what they call a brush shaper. You can get it, uh, if you look it on Amazon, you can find it. It's a, it's a, it's a, a water-soluble liquid. It's, it's, it's thick. But what you can do with this, and I'll show you. See, this this here, it's got a little furl at the end. 
you take a brush shaper, you just get a little bit on, on, the, on the end of the brush, and just with your finger, there, I just put a point on it, and then I let that dry. Oh, wow. And then when I'm getting ready to use it, I just gently put it in the water, get whatever's off so it doesn't mix with the paint, and I still got the point on there. It's wow. a brush. Yeah, you can get it. Um, again, forgive me. I, it's been a while, and I lost that label. I don't know why the label came off, but it's it's a brush shaper. It's a, it's a liquid. Um, yeah. It's a little thick, but it's a good thing to have. It, it, I, if I remember correctly, I think I paid three, $3, you know, which for you guys would probably be about four pounds. You know, but it's lasted me for many, many years. You know, so and I'm, it makes sense because um, if you if you think that uh, so each one of these brushes, these Dale Rowney ones, I paid uh, probably about three pounds each brush. Um, and if you think if I paid another three pounds for the brush restorer. Um, I've already got the, the, the soap, but if I use that brush shaper, how many times do we go out as modelers and buy more brushes? Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, I probably got about 100 of them, maybe 150. Yeah, and, and you know how to treat them. So imagine somebody like, uh, you know, like me that doesn't know or didn't know how to treat a brush. Mm. Um, I'm always buying them. Uh, because they don't last me anywhere near as long. And I think, yeah, maybe th this is why I wanted to bring it up tonight, because I think this is a, a, a great way of saving money. Well, sure, um, yeah. I think there's probably a lot of us out there that are misusing our brushes, and uh, we're going to end up paying, you know, not an not an astronomical amount, but we're going to end up paying many more pounds than we need to. Well, you're right, because I'm looking over my left shoulder here. Now, I have brushes that I use just for oils. I have brushes that I use, you know, for lacquers and stuff like that there. Um, and then I have my brushes that I use for the acrylics. They're sitting in front of me here, and there's a couple of jars in behind me. And they're all, they're all clean the same way, um, basically the same way. I take good care of them. Um, because quite frankly, I mean, I've probably got a few hundred dollars worth of, and this is over the years. This is not something I just went out and bought, you know? Yeah. Over the years, I've probably accumulated a cup, oh, about four or $500 worth of brushes. And it's funny because the expensive ones, I don't use them as, as, as much as, as I use the cheap ones. Um, every now and then, if I'm doing something and I, and like, like with the eyes on this guy here. I'm not going to use a synthetic brush on it. And it's not because I, I don't want, I, I like the, for me, this is just for me. I like the feel I get from a, a Windsor and Newton or a Raphael to get finer detail in there. You know, other people, you know, they can use whatever they want. I mean, they're good at it. Me personally, I like a, a finer, like if I'm doing the eyes on this guy, I want to do use a sable brush in there. Because of the point that I have on some of these, I mean, I'll show you the, the point on some of these sable brushes is ridiculous. Um, and we're, we're talking now, we're talking about experience. This is something Gil's got from experience. Yeah. You see the point on that? You poke your eyeball out with that. Yeah. And that's, right. a, that's a number two. 
Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And that's a, that, that one's a Raphael. Um, beautiful, uh, uh, beautiful paintbrushes, but expensive. So when do you decide, you know, a little bit of a sidestep, but when do you decide that your brush, um, you can use an airbrush for, because often I'm doing figures and I resort to paintbrushes um, because I, I try and use an airbrush and I don't have the control that I feel I've got with a paintbrush. Well, I'm, I'm primarily, I primarily use uh, an airbrush. That's my thing, an airbrush. I'll go in after I've done all my airbrushing, and then I'll go in, like, for details, I'll go in with a, with a paintbrush. Fine, real fine detail. Um, but a good 80% of what I do is done with an airbrush. Now, uh, this guy right here that I got in front of me, that's all brushwork right now. Other than, than, than the shading I did, the black and white shading, that was done with an airbrush. Uh, so I can get the highlights, but this is all done with a paintbrush. That's out of my depth. I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, I'm not comfortable doing something this big with a paintbrush. So what I'm gonna do is once I've laid all this down and I've blended it, I'll go over it with with glazes. But my glazes I lay down with an airbrush. I don't lay them down with a paintbrush. I'll go in with an airbrush and at a low temperature and with a very fine needle. I'll go in and I'll start laying inks and stuff down. Um, it, it all depends on when, when you think is, is the right time to use them. Um, yeah. I, I, I tend to find that uh, and a perfect example, I'll show you the, the sort of thing that I'm on about. This would be, well, oh, actually, the, let me bear with me a minute. So I had, um, last night, I had to, and that's not the right sprue. Bear with me a second. Um, nope, right, I've lost the sprue. This one, we'll get there eventually. All right, okay, it was this one. Now then, I had to paint um, a load of these. There was a row of 24 um, bombs uh, or bomblets or whatever they're called. I'm showing them on the screen now, um, that go in uh, a little sort of uh, base that, you know, they go one one apiece. And they were six, six of them all in a line, one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, all the way up, 24 of them all together. And all I wanted to do was spray the top section in a blue colour, and this, these bottom fins wanted to be like a ghost grey. So all I had to do was paint them bottom fins ghost grey. I've got uh, Sotar 2020. Oh, I put some ghost grey in. But the minute I started spraying, I went in very close. Um, I started to spray and it... <laughs> And there was just this really fine line. There was either nothing or too much. That's your that's your your trigger control, right? Now, Josh, you you're showing those. Excuse me, Mark. I don't mean that. I didn't mean to. No, no, no. That's Josh fine. Was showing, Josh was showing his brushes. 
Now, what are you doing to care for yours, Josh? And what kind? Then, what kind of brushes are you using? <laughs> so I have. You go. You go into the Walmart section for the craft section, and there's these plaid played plaid. And basically, all I do is what it says on the package. So on this particular package, it just says, clean with soap and water while wet. For the most part, I, I get most of the, you know, and that's generally what I do. I, I don't really go out and get some of the care stuff. I mean, I don't even have hair, hair shampoo unless I steal my wife's, you know. But for the most part, that's basically what I do. And then if a brush gets like too, the hairs are just getting too far out of it, I just throw it away and go get another pack. They're good for dry brushing, you should save. And but yeah, most uh, is most of your stuff acrylic, Josh, or do you do you use lacquer as well? I don't do lacquers, but I've I've been doing a little bit of oil work here and there. So. I, I I don't keep anything in the house that is toxic. Right. So how does oil come into it? So we've we've looked at acrylic, we've looked at lacquer, and um, uh, Gilbert's explained to us that uh, the the difference between um, shaping and using uh, a conditioner or uh, uh, the soap um, subs the, the soap. And the um, sorry, what was it called again, Gilbert? The the shape. The, the shape. I don't know that. I don't have the name of it because it's the the throughout the years I've lost the the cap for it. But I you can find it on. Yeah. On. So so we've 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 covered acrylics. We've covered um, lacquers. Now, what about when it comes to oils? Are they a separate brush entirely? Or do, can you use the sable for those? You can use your sable for them. You just, you just got. I mean, they're, painters do it all the time on canvases. They're using sable brushes, but they, they, they take great pains to when they're going to clean them. You know, you know, you clean them out real good. You make sure you let them dry out. You condition them because you know if you're gonna. I remember when I used to do canvas work back in the in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, I'm that old. Um, and I had some, some uh, oh, God, some expensive ones that my mother had gotten me. I don't remember the name of them. I, I believe they were Windsor Newtons. But the one thing you were taught was when you clean them, condition them. And that's where the uh, my, my instructor in, in high school used, uh, you know, the, some soap. He'd use a, a painter soap, you know, to clean them after he, he'd done them, you know, in the cellulose or the spirits or whatever he was using. He'd wash them up real good, you know. And then he'd he'd dry it, and then he'd condition them with hair conditioner. Um, there's other things you can get now. I mean, that, I'm talking 70s, you know, early 80s. Yeah. Yeah, you can use a sable brush. Of course, you can for for oils. You just gotta you, when when you clean it, you gotta condition them because if you don't, you'll dry them out because of the cellulose, the thinners. You'll dry them out, and it, and in yeah. the long term. It's not going to happen right away, but you'll start to notice that it starts to fray out. They'll start to expand and fray out, and they no longer hold that tip anymore because you're not conditioning them. You're not taking care of them. 
Yeah, the one the one thing I will say is, and I've I've got this from experience myself, is never ever try and trim the end of your brush. No, you ruin them. You ruin them. Um, the minute you start cutting hairs off, yeah, you, you're you're on a losing streak. I I had an airbrush that I thought was, um, I thought I thought you know, there's just the odd hair there that just needs removing. Um. No, no, you don't want to do it. Yeah, once you start trimming them, you, it, it, you know if they you you lose the, the 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 condition of them. You know if they if they they're made to come. Some of them made. They're all made to come to a point to some degree. Yeah, you cut that point off. You know because it curls or whatever. You start nipping at that. Now you lose the shape of it. You know you'll never. Yeah. Yes, that's that's it. That's it. You, once it curls, I think that was it. I got a curl on the end. I thought if I just snip that curl off, I'll be fine. Um, the brush didn't work properly at all after that, uh, so I, you know, it had to go. Um, great if you're after a specific brush to use for gluing or something. You've got an old brush. You don't want to throw it out. You want to get a bit more life out of it. Um, then maybe you can chop the end down a bit to turn it into a dry brush of sorts. Um, I've, I've done that. Um, but then there's other things as well that I want to touch upon with brushes. Um, powders. Uh, I, if you dip your brush into uh, weathering powders, that can be a death bell for some brushes i found it just clacks if you you don't clean them yeah um i I don't know that's the same of with the nylon ones as as it is all of them that i i use uh i use all kinds of pigment powders here um and i i clean the pigment off with isopropyl alcohol i'll dip the, the but i don't use a good brush i use something like this here this one right here it's a cheap fifty cent brush. I've got a jar. Yeah. I got a jar full of them, and and I'll pull one of these out if I need the point. You know, usually it's all it's a knackered up brush. You know. Yeah, yeah. That that's what you got to use, really. And I use my, I put my powders down. You know, I don't use a good brush for that because you know to clean it, you got to aggressively get in there. Because anybody that's used pigment powders knows that stuff gets all over the place. So you got to clean yeah. it out real good. And I use you know either a thinner. Uh, lacquer thinner or uh, isopropyl alcohol to clean them off, and you know something like this here. I don't even bother to condition because it's a it's a cheap brush. You know, I use it after I'm done with it. I use it to clear out my airbrush. You know, stuff like that. There, so I'm not really concerned about these because they. I got a hundred of them. I think um, for ten dollars at a at a at a hobby uh, show. So I bought yeah. half of them, and and I'm coming to the end of them now, and I'll just buy a hundred more and. For ten bucks or whatever, and just beat the snot out of them. You know? So uh, another another type of brush that I want to touch upon is uh, rubber brushes. Um, I've just ordered five actually, and um, I've used them. Now, some people are going to wonder what a rubber brush is used for, and if ever you've used a brush for your um, masking solution. Um, it actually plays havoc with the bristles. It's not a good idea to drip your brushes in masking solution. Um, I've I've lost a couple that way. 
uh, until I found out about these rubber ones. And um, they generally, they're white. I'm not saying that all of these rubber brushes are white. The ones I've come across are. I'm just trying to grab one. Um, if you come across these, Gil. Been using them for years. So, um, I call them blending brushes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they're. You know what they are? They're clay. They're, they're, they're sculptors' tools. Is what they are. But yeah. You know, see, like, you got them right here. See, I got the the, the, the micro ones. The bed. I got some that are big, four times bigger than this. But yeah, they're they're basically micro brushes. But you could you, you could use them to blend. You know. Right. I use these with, um, like, the Ushi powder, the, the metallic powders. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I've got some of that. Yeah, um, that not, no, mine's different. There's chrome, I, steel colored at the end, because that's all I use it for. Is is I'll, I'll dip it in some uh, um, some of that powder, and then I'll, I'll lay it down, and then you rub it, and you get a good buff with this. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I started this one here is about seven years old, six years and, old. And how would you go about cleaning a rubber brush? I'll show you. You just take a, whatever solution you're using. I wouldn't use lacquer because that's rubber. Um, yeah, it would melt it, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Here's a little bit of my, my, my cleaner. I'll put that down. Stick that in there. Now you gotta remember if you're using like a metallic powder, it's gonna stain it if it's white. Yeah. There's that. I'll just you see it coming off right there? Yeah. And and that's the cleaner that you make, isn't it? That's yeah. on your channel. There's a recipe on your channel yeah. for that, isn't there? And you see how it's come coming off? Yeah. You know, you can clean them that way. That's the way I do it. Um this one here, I just, like I said, I use it for metallic powders. So 99% of the time, I never clean it. Um, these have been, this one, you can see the, the discoloration in it because I've used, I've cleaned it many times. That one right there. So why doesn't it clag to the, when you say you've, you, you haven't cleaned that one because you've used it many times. I, I've used um, brushes with powders and the minute I bring the brush back, it, it's just all clogged there. It's now you you talking about a rubber brush or are you talking about a regular brush? Um, well, I guess regular brushes at the moment because I've not yet used the rubber brushes in. Uh, you know, I've just honestly just got hold of them. Well, here I'll show you. Here's a here's a again. It's a clean brush, but it's a knackered brush. Yeah, I'll grab a little bit of that powder and I'll get yeah. it all in there. Just work it real in there, real good. Yeah. And then say I'm doing something, so I do this. Boom, boom, boom. Now I, now I want to clean that off. Let me close this because this stuff is like yeah. fine powder. You, you breathe articles flying everywhere. So now you take your brush. You see it's it's got it on there. Yeah. I just stick it in my cleaner. Move it around. Now, again, this is a knackered up brush. So I don't, it doesn't matter if I'm running it on the bottom because... I'm not going to do fine details with it. I do this. Now it's clean. All right. So, you, know, you just got to, 
again, don't use your good brushes for it. Yeah. Um, if you got a brush that you're going to use for for pigments, you know, uh, you got a cheaper one laying around that 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 the hairs have already started to mess up. Then I would just leave it for that. And then when you go to clean it, you could use isopropyl alcohol. When you guys call it windoline, we call it our uh, washer fluid. It makes a little bit of that those two together. Um, you could use a soap. You know, once you clean that off, you dip it in some water, make sure everything's off there. You could use a little soap if you want to try to condition it. But yeah, yeah, you can get the powder off of there. Um, the yeah, the, where, where it gets really nasty is when you start using pigment fixer, and it gets real heavy in there. You, you oh, yeah. don't let that sit too long, man. Once you're done, clean that brush. If not, that stuff's gonna harden on that on those bristles. You'll have a hell of a time getting that stuff off. I think that's probably where I've gone wrong because I've cleaned, I've cleaned a brush, um, I've used the pigment powder, I've cleaned the brush, and then I've gone in and used a different one. Yeah, this and it, it clags up around that. I think that's probably where my mistake is. Um, yeah, so just some good housekeeping on your brushes. Look, I mean, even the, even the cheap ones, man. If they're cheap, like this one is, it's a cheap brush, but I take care of it. Because it, 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 it's a good brush. For being cheap, it's a good brush. It's a nice filbert. I like the shape of it. You know, it, it, again, it cost me a couple of dollars, if I remember correct. I bought five of them. I think it was $7 for five of them. And, um, you know, I, I like the shape of it, and I take care of it because I like the way it, it, it lays pink down. Yeah. Do, do any of you guys have the new Citadel paint cup or the water cup? No. I just use oh. I just used an old dip bowl, a little taco dip bowl there. Are you on about that one? Uh, where am I? That one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that is changed my paintbrush cleaning like a hundred times fold. Because at the bottom of that cup, yeah, there's, there's like little bitty ridges. Yeah. That you can just run the brush across if it gets caked in paint. Yeah. Like, like I've got to go inside and take do something with my son, and I leave the paintbrush with paint in it. Hold on, oh, give me a second, guys. Somebody's at the in my driveway. Yeah, so, okay, go. the The other thing you can do with it. Sorry, you still talking, Josh? I I was trying. Yeah. All right, you won't come through. Sorry. The there's the the ridges. You just run the paintbrush across that. Really good. And then there's the lines that go up the cup that you can put the brush back to a point and then you just set it down. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, um, yeah, I do like that. You, yeah, I was just about to say that. Um, yeah, you can twizzle it and then you can just set your brush down. Yeah. It like is that. night and day different for, and I and, think that cup only cost me like five bucks. Yeah. It's not very dear. Five five pound ninety nine. It is over here. And the other thing I th I found is if you're this way inclined, I'm not. But you could prime that um, cut oh, on the outside. I mean, I'm red. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can it off, but yeah, you, yeah. It's so you can look at it as a five pound model. You, you know, you can take it, you can buy it, you can then come home and paint it in the way that you want. Well, I I use the the Gil has a airbrush solution that he he creates, and it's really really good. 
But yeah. you take the clear coat finish off the cup because I, I do get it on the outside of the cup, and it finally just wore out some of the paint. That's why it looks crazy stuff. Yeah, but it's, um, it is a very good Citadel. In fact, I bought a second one. Oh, if you just reach over here, there's my second one, and that's got my brushes in. You have, you bought an you have two it, oh that's the original one huh no no that's the that's the new one but I bought it uh, and I just put my brushes in this oh wow that's cool because they're good for storing brushes so so Gordon do you, do you have paint brushes or are you just a strictly an airbrush guy I used to do a lot of landscape an aviation oil paint oh. artist um sign writing custom paint jobs pub signs cheap shop signs i've used all sorts of paint brushes and i used to use really top of the line artist brushes but over the years i found that i've been able to do the same type of quality of work by just using synthetics. I have got uh, a small collection, I think I've got about a dozen of my artist brushes left that I use for Pacific fine detail painting. And I will only use acrylics with them. I won't use oils or cellulose or the tamis and stuff. I'll only use proper acrylics and stuff apart from that majority of my paint brushes i've got two cupfuls and i've got a drawer full of artist brushes and stuff upstairs and they're all artificial ones oh that's cool because round by me at the t well round by me about 10 years ago there used to be a uh cold color and they used to produce paint and paint brushes to factory that's the Delazouche. And I used to go and buy their seconds. Right? The bristles were always perfect. It's just that the actual handles might the paint might have come off or they might have got broke. Yeah. The tips and I just went in and I think I, I think I spent about thirty quid. And I came out with a carrier bag, a shopping bag full of paintbrushes of Thanks, all yeah. different sizes, different thicknesses, filberts, <laughs> chisels. I'm sorry. My dog got out. Sorry. You, you go into a craft store now, and there are so many paintbrushes available. Um, and they. It's just, it's just mind blowing. There's so many different coloured stickers. Um, you want this colour uh, for this type of brush, and orange is this category, and and it's just bewildering to anyone starting out. It's bewildering, and it still is to me. To me, it's just. Um, I've been. I've got a set of paintbrushes upstairs, right? And they cost me just shy of 500 quid, 
right? But these are specialists. These are sign writing and pinstriping paintbrushes. And they ain't cheap. <laughs> Which ones are those, Gordon? The sign writing and pin, pinstriping paintbrushes. Oh, yeah, those, 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 yeah. They're not cheap. No. I think the last, because I bought it as a set when I was at college, right? Because you, you're a student, you could buy certain stuff at a certain discount. Mm -hmm. uh, over the years, you've had to replace paintbrushes out of the set. You can still get them. The manufacturer's still going. And uh, I think the last time I replaced a paintbrush, it cost me about 68 quid. Yeah, they're, they're, those, are, those are pretty expensive. Yeah, it, when you get them, you, you get them out of the box, you look at them, and they've only got like a <laughs> two-inch wooden handle on them. <laughs> so do you, what, do you insure them? Would you have something like well, that insured? I used to have them insured until the insurance company started getting greedy. Yeah, see, we don't have anything like that over here. It's I that that set of paintbrushes used to be on the contents insurance as a separate item. Yeah, you can insure those, Josh. If you if they're your work related brushes, um, yeah, you can insure them. I know a bunch of guys that do pinstriping and you know great work. And believe me, it's like they're like like a mechanic. Their their tools are insured. Their brushes are insured. Oh, okay. Some of those brushes, man, go anywhere from you know, I, and like Gordon's saying, they're they're little. They're about the handle's about this big, but the brush is like this, so they're about that yeah. big. And, and a brush like that can run you anywhere from fifty to two hundred dollars for one brush. Yeah. When uh, when I was doing all the pinstriping and stuff on bike tanks and stuff, because I used to do a lot of resprays on old British bikes. Where you got the old gold pinstripe round, yeah, <laughs> right, and uh, they were insured because if they got nicked, the house went up in smoke, or they got flood damaged, or they got wrecked in any shape or form, I was out of a job. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Right, but the thing, th the thing that I used to get in the most enjoyment from using the, 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 the brushes like that. Was canal boats? You go, you get a phone call. Somebody want their, they've got the the, the canal, canal boat painted up, and they want some sign writing put it put it on it, mm. right? And you arrange to meet them, and you sit at the side of the canal, right? Plowman's lunch, pint of beer, sit there with your stick, and away you go. Yep, yep, yep. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with airbrushes. I mean, it's a lot of guys, you know, uh, that that do it professionally. That that's their tools, so they have to. They, you know, they're not. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they're not that expensive. But if you've got forty or fifty of them, that adds up. So you you insure. Well, this is it. It's like when I was at school, and uh, my art teacher had to write to the examination board for dispensation. Right, because you had a certain area to display your artwork for the previous two years. Mm -hmm. But the problem I got, mine wasn't on paper. <laughs> I'd got denim jackets, motorbike tanks, helmets, 
a Ford Capri car bonnet with an American Bold Eagle up the bonnet and stuff. So I had to ask for dispensation to display my artwork. Uh. And the day of the exam, well, the, the day of the examiner came to inspect your work and stuff, he just he just zipped round everybody. Right, because all he wanted to do was look at this artwork that you'd heard about. Right, right. right. I've, got, I've got a Ford Capri bonnet with this American eagle on it. Right, is it like, like the Trans Am where it's usually in gold? Mm -hmm. Right, but I'd actually painted it with the feathers, right? Right. Uh, I had a couple of petrol tanks, a couple of helmets, half a dozen denim jackets. I had a lorry door. Mm hmm. Right, because I did some sign writing on this guy's lorry. He'd got a fleet of trucks, and he'd been restoring one of his really old trucks that his father had when he started the business. And all he'd got, he could remember the colour of the truck, and all he got was old black and white photographs. And I spent about six weeks going through and doing research and stuff and trying to find other photographs and stuff. And the week before my exam, I was talking to him because I was doing some other work for him. He says, oh, I'll take the door off and I'll drop it off at school for you. So he took the door off. He <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the art, art room and says, oh, I've, I've, I've bought this from Mr. Bennett. He wants to put it up for his, his, his art exhibition. Uh, 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 right, yeah, um, um, hmm. Put it there. I'll go and fetch him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And I had to hang it up and display it as an art piece. Right, and I'll never forget the day I went up to school afterwards to fetch my certificates and stuff because I was gunning for the art teacher because I wanted to do O level and A level art. She said I wasn't good enough, hmm. and when it came to, <laughs> I got O level art <laughs> qualification. There you go, yeah, but. Yeah, paintbrushes, they, it boiled down to brush technique and muscle memory of looking after your brushes. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's it's no different with an airbrush. Yeah. It's like, it's like Mark was saying earlier on, right? He has problems doing fine detail work. Right? It's all down to practice and muscle memory. Working yeah. your air pressure, thinning your paint out to the right consistency and stuff. With plenty of practice, you get there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what it is. It's practice, practice, practice all the way. Well, um, same thing like with an airbrush. It depends on, on, on what you're doing with it. If if you're going to use something like a, a micron or a, or one of those air core, which is a badger, or you're going to use a soltar or something with a fine needle in there, you got to remember that you're pushing paint out of a very tiny hole. So it has to be thin to go through it. You know, now you can over thin it to where you lose all the pigments don't stick. Um, but generally, right. if you're using a good paint, you know, a good craft paint, you know, like what they got here, like in front of me, I got Reaper, I've got uh, Acro, there's uh, Citadel, there's Vallejo, there's uh, Golden, um, Liquitex. You just got to thin it right if you're going to shoot it to a, a soul tire. Not only that, that's for detail work. If you want to do 
basing or, or primary, you know, just your primary colors, you use a bigger needle. You know, I mean, that's, it's like a, a paintbrush. If you want to do a, a finer detail, you use a finer a paintbrush. You want to lay down paint quickly, you use a bigger paintbrush. Same thing. Yeah. Um, while I remember, I just want to quickly bring up that um, I was looking around YouTube earlier on, and um, one of the sites that I'm a member of, uh, Hobby Link International, mm -hmm. um, Kenny put up a, a, a link of a young lad that's just um, he's, he's modeling and he's trying to start his own YouTube channel. I don't know how old he is. I'm guessing he's around 12, 13, and he's just he's done a, he's done about seven videos. I think one of them is a video on um, how to do the basics in modeling. Um, I think when a situation like this comes along, we need to encourage, uh, encourage, encourage. That's that's all I can think. You just got to encourage this lad to do. Um, carry on doing what he's doing um and we've got a you know there's not many youngsters at the moment that appear to be this focused on doing something so um i know kenny put up a link asking for people to go and subscribe to him i've done the same on my channel um i say my channel our channel um I've done one on my own channel. I've done the one on the sprue surgery waiting room channel. And I think I've got one coming up on the sprue cast channel. Uh, go and give this lad a like and subscribe to him. Um, let's just try and give him a boost. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Try him, you know, try and let him know that the modeling community supports him. Um, rather than getting involved in, in snipey, you know, I've put it up in various places. I'm hoping that they don't get nasty with uh, or leave nasty comments. Um, I'm sure they won't. But, um, yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm going to give his name out. Um, so, oh, bear with me. I've just lost it. I've just turned the phone off. So he's on YouTube, and he is not somebody, all one word, one, two, three, six. So it's yeah. not somebody one two three six models. Sorry, that's the full name. Yeah, he's uh, trying to get all the subs, isn't he? Yeah, he's trying to get a hundred subs. Let's let's. He's he's at about ninety seven when I joined and subscribed to him. I would love to see an influx of subs onto his channel. Um, I'd be happy if he got more than me. Uh, you know. I'm not in it for the subs. I'm in it to try and promote the hobby and to um, have a good time. So, not somebody models one, two, what? It's uh, bear with me. Not somebody models. No, sorry. Let me start again. It it's not somebody one, two, three, six models. Okay. And I, I did go in and I watched his Models for Beginners. Um, he's had 91 views on that at the moment. 
Um, doesn't say how many subscribers he's got. You know, it would be nice if people subscribe. Not only subscribe, but go and watch one of his videos as well. It's, uh, you know, it's a big thing. To, as we all know, people that do YouTube, it's a, you know you've got to have some something about you to come on YouTube and put yourself out there. Um, and he's he's only a young lad; he deserves our full support. Yeah, I don't see it popping up. I'll just grab the link off of the Hobby Link International. Yeah, yeah, it, the link is up there. Um, I'll put a link on uh, Spruecast. <coughs> There's a link on Spruce Surgery Waiting Room as well. Um, I won't do it now because it will take my focus away yeah. from what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I'll do that. The minute I come off here, I'll go on and put a, a link to that on Spruecast. Um, anyway, we're at one minute. Uh, it just came up a minute ago. We're well over. Oh, one minute 24. So I think we're going to have to knock it on the head there. Um, so thank you for all the presenters that came on tonight um it's really good uh it's been really interesting uh, there's um some stuff that i'm definitely doing wrong with my brushes uh i need to uh, definitely look at that and and maybe change things a little bit um and anyway so till next week um it's bye from me goodbye from me Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Cheers, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. We're, there we go. We're finished. Not quite. Come on. Now we're finished.